Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! from Parkway Print Shop in Virginia. Let's go! Hey. Hey. What shirt you got on there? It says goodbye, cruel world. It's got a little spaceship on it. See? I like it. A little, little spacey space. I'm pretty sure that's the shuttle, like the space shuttle. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, check, check, check. Recording? Check, check, check. Hey, I can't whisper to you because nobody likes it. Uh, no. Well, actually, I said, give me all the whispers, and it got six or seven likes. So, okay, hey, you know. for the people who like it, for the people that don't, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, I like it. So this is, okay. it's just you and me right here, right now. Whoa, who's in the background back there? People are working still? Yeah, like, this is all your fault. <laughs> Don't try and put this on me. This is you. Mm-hmm. That's how this works. Is that you yeah. My bad. do things in your life. Yeah, but how many times have I had to reschedule because you're going to the fucking Bahamas or some shit? Uh, Andy takes his laptop to the Bahamas, which I, I never, I've never never been to the Bahamas. In the third person. <laughs> and Andy records when he's on vacation. Dylan doesn't. Dylan doesn't record when I'm pretty sure gone. I recorded from Disney. You did. Actually, you did. It's mm-hmm. true. True story. Yeah. But why don't you record from uh, Matt, from the, um, what's it called? The, I'll, I'll be literally um, I'll sh- in the middle of printing. Let me think printing. of it. Let me, Rockefeller Center. Just record from there. Yeah. Record the show from there. That would. While live like, printing. I could be printing like this and turn mm-hmm. over and see you and just talk to you about printing. I mean, that would be pretty cool, actually. There would be. All right. No, fuck it. a good idea. You're this. welcome. I'll just talk to you then. I'll have really <laughs> great internet there. Mm, that is true. That might be another problem. So, yeah. never mind. But... Th- why are we arguing? That's like I don't know. I'm fine. Like I it's don't want all to. good. This is. I'm. I was happy to reschedule. What that means is, is that I'm here. I'm still at the shop. Things mm. are happening. Cool. Which, by the way, dude, it's insane. And as Kevin from Stoked put it so well, it's insane on all fronts, every front and the back. It's in. It's insane on the fronts and the backs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the sleeve prints. I have some exciting news. I got a new tag press and I got it from East West. It came in already? It's already here. Eric doesn't fuck around. East West yeah, doesn't fuck not. around. Yeah. They ship it and they it flies. They must fly it. They must Eric ship it out. flew air. it himself on his lap. <laughs> yeah. Special delivery. Mm-hmm. And it's here. And let me tell you it's beautiful. It goes like this, ready? It goes, you shuttle it over, and it mm-hmm. has a little trigger that when you don't push a button, it just triggers it right. when it gets to the shuts, end of the shuttle. Down. And then it goes, and then it, so I have it set to six seconds, counts down, mm-hmm. then it goes, and then you shuttle it to the next one. Yeah. Eastwestmachines.com. Yeah, so it is great because you can set pressure so easy, easily, like our the manual one that we had, yeah, the twin heat press, which is great. And as done us, we have printed 
one drillion. Is that a number? Let's look drillion? it up. But yes. A drillion. Pretty sure it's a number. One drillion tags on. It still works. It's just that we needed something where we can dial in and adjust pressure on the fly and right. also yep. super accurate time and temp and all that sort of stuff. And it's yep. brilliant. So we're so we're super stoked. It's yeah. It's really um it was a game how, changer for us. How was your week otherwise? Um well I have a thing that I'm don't know if I can share comfortably share without tearing up, Dylan. We messed yeah. up an order. We goofed. But we're just gonna we're not gonna talk about it. Today? Um well we found out about I it. I goofed yesterday. today too, so we found out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we didn't goof yesterday. We goofed a couple of days ago or whenever it was, and then we found out yesterday how badly it was. Mm-hmm. And um well, I guess I w- I'll say this. So it actually has nothing to do with printing. It has something and everything to do with our tags. Like we goofed our largest, the largest order in our company history. And so we we goofed massively. You goofed twice on the same customer that you we talked about oh, yeah. like and it's five, all to four do or five with, days ago? Yes. And it all, it's all to do with tags. Damn. What's your guess on dollar wise? Just a just a real quick guess on well, the last wise. goof you said was like nine hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say two grand. More. Jesus. Four? More. That you have to eat? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like how your voice cracks there. You're like, yes. <laughs> oh, Five? Yeah. More. Eight. More. Seriously? Seriously. Dude, fuck that. Fired. Who who did it? More. 12? More. 15? More. 20? More. Ser- no way. That's I'm not, not real. I'm not fucking... I'm not... I'm not... I'm not How do you is, fuck that this, up? Does this face look like it's joking? How? How? <sighs> Tell me the story. I can't. Yes, you can. I, too, our listeners have to hear it now. I want to hear it. Let me think uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me. We're, the story's over. Like that It's not was over. The, you didn't explain game. anything. You just said a dollar amount. This is my new knife. It's Milwaukee. Is that the Milwaukee one? I have the same one. You have thing. this same one? Yeah. And then it does this guy right here? Fuck yeah. Spring, spring uh, assisted? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's pretty freaking sharp. I know it won't stay that way. But it cuts some shit, let me tell you. As a knife should. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I here's, I wanted to mention this. So we are... Tony Tinyfish created a Discord for us. It mm-hmm. kind of grew out of Mild Boys, and now it's Discord. And there's all kinds of things. He's created, like, different channels in there and different hashtags. I don't completely understand how it works. He gave me the rundown. And it's awesome. Yep. And we're going to put there's the classifieds. Link. There's yes. general conversation. There's a yes. memes page. There's there's a bunch of stuff. So originally we had started the mild boys chat and then that grew into a bunch of other printers. And then 
Andy wanted to do Discord because it's more organized. And then we invited invited Tony, and Tony's a fucking Discord whiz. So mm. we gave Tony admin access, and he is the president of the world now. So um, if you want to join it, we will. How how will we get the link out to everybody? Will we put it on our website. Can't we put it in our in the shirt show official Instagram? Like we could put it in the we'll put uh, it link. in the shirt show official. Profile. instagram link tree and we yeah. will also put it on our website uh shirt so shirt right all kinds of good info and conversation going on in there so yeah come join our discord join up come hang out and we're gonna boot assholes so don't come be an asshole on our on our, or you will be yeah like kicked. one strike you're out mm-hmm. right be nice be nice yeah. I'm so fried right now. What do you mean? Like, just, it's been a week. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Back up. So, you said you goofed also. Mm-hmm. Today. Yeah. You want to talk about it? I can get if you talk about chest. the other one. Get it off your chest. It's okay. Yeah, get it off your it's chest. It's not that big a deal, but... I'll um, tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. We, Fuck it. Yeah, okay. I'll tell you. All right, yeah. So we did a couple thousand bandanas and we also fold and bag them and then put a label sticker on the front with the UPC and like their logo and everything like retail ready for the store. And they just got a shipment to the main fulfillment warehouse and they said that all the barcodes on the bags were for a different bandana because we do like a red one, a green one, a blue one, Mm. whatever. And all the red bandanas had the blue bandana barcodes on them. But luckily so we haven't the printed the blue ones yet. So they're just going to switch the red barcode with the blue barcode. So it's not that big a deal. It was just like a, I fucked it up. And luckily like it's in somewhat easy fix, but it just kind of sucks when it's a newer customer and you're trying to oh, impress right. them and then you fuck it up. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it was my fault. I ordered the labels and I ordered the wrong ones. Well, isn't it always ultimately our fault anyway? Like this whole fix that's happening, you know, this big goof. I personally didn't do it, but it's my fault. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's just my fault that it got that it happened because so this is a um, it's like a pressure mark situation. So what happened was we had we applied tags with too much pressure and too much heat to fleece, not T-shirts to a a Bella canvas fleece, if you can imagine, which are sensitive, like different than a Gildan. You know what I mean? It's just a different Mm -hmm. sort of fleece and too much pressure, too much heat. It showed through the back. Dude. Yeah, I know. I know. And there's no fixing it? No. I tried. There's so those are like sixteen dollars each too. Some of them are joggers even, which are like $19 $19 or $18. What's it showing on the back? Like a rectangle, like the pa- pal- platen or palette. Did you, you try rubbing I mean? it with wool? It discolored it too. It almost like, it's almost like it um, fried. It's almost like it changed the content. You know, as like if you like were to emboss. Scorched. Yeah, like it was, you know, because it's a blended fleece and so mm-hmm. the plastic melted slightly or something do you know what i mean yeah that sucks sorry dude. yeah 
So when something like that, this is the biggest anything close to anything like this happening. And when something like that happens, I like yesterday I made, I found out yesterday it was pretty defeating. I went home cried and made cacio e pepe and the sauce was tears yeah with a <laughs> with tear sauce <laughs> tear sauce <laughs> right and okay. a little butter with tear right. sauce and a little butter mm-hmm. some salt oh well ca- the salt from the tears <laughs> yeah we didn't need any salt mm-hmm. had plenty exactly cool so, that sucks dude it sucks hard and we had something almost like that where mm. we had like burnout shirts that someone wanted tags in. I didn't even think about it. We did the whole order and then I didn't even realize the thing. I didn't even think to look, which the person pressing your tags in the fleece probably would never think to look at the back of the hoodie and see what it looks like. Yeah. And then I held up the burnout afterwards and you can like fully see the tag on like through it because they're so thin. Right. And I was like, these look like shit. So I just redid the whole thing and didn't do tags on. Well, my um the what we're doing this is one of the reasons why we have that new tagging press you know because we got we heard about it last week that this could be a thing and then we thought we had it resolved um and then it grew into more because we we thought that it was only on a few do you know what i mean yeah. we thought there was one issue with the wrong tags Did and the, the other issue Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They oh, th- there was seventy four boxes. What's this customer's name so I can contact nope. him and steal nope. the business? <laughs> nope. <laughs> two well, here's in the a thing. Row. So I'll tell you what we did. I'll tell you what we did. We um, we installed. So yesterday we got the Air Express on Tuesday. Yesterday, yep. Wednesday morning, I went. Our 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 Tuesday afternoon and evening, we searched for a fitting so for the air to go to our compressor. We have this pancake compressor. And we searched for a fitting, couldn't find it. So I went to Granger. We actually have a Granger like physical store yeah, here. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like mm, 15 minutes from the shop or so. And so I went there, Mach 100, mm-hmm. and picked up a um, the 5 sixteenths little air uh, something, what we needed. I can't Nipple. remember what it's called. Yeah, something like that. And... Um, um, we got the press running yesterday and just started going ham, like fixing uh, some art, printing some, putting some labels on some T-shirts for them. And we gave them four orders of beautifully printed and beautifully labeled shirts and, you know, that they had also here and said, here you go to show them that we aren't totally lo- total losers. You know, like we can do this. Did and you charge so, them? That wasn't a fix. That was just some, some yeah, we charged them for those. Mm-hmm. For this, I don't know what I'm going to do yet don't know what i'm gonna do yet but we'll figure it out you know so we, all, all i can say is that we had a phone call with them yesterday personally me and then their um, client manager and we were like hey so sorry this happened and we're fixing it we're fixing it fast and so we owe them some favors and they know it and we already are working on one like a quick you know like a quick turn for them and so um it just sucks and um it happens sometimes and this one's just happens to be really huge but yeah. it's okay it's done. I can't do anything about it. Looking forward. And that's it, right? So it is what it is. We have um, our guests coming on soon. We should just, we should move on, I think. Because yeah. we don't we want to talk about the sad stuff anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the good stuff. 
which by the way, I have t- spoken to Nick Wood several times today. You might have also. And he reached out to me and said he needed something, and then I haven't heard back. He does. He needs, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Dill, it all starts with the screen, and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the gosh darn best. Fuck yeah, they do. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com, F-F-F-F-F. Rank.com. Or. Greatfuckingscreens.com. Cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will help you keep your screens and your shop clean. Check them out at EasyWay.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. Action Engineering makes all kinds of dope-ass accessories that printers need. Mm-hmm. Go lever... Go... <laughs> I was going. I was on such a streak. Go level yourself up at ActionEngineering.com. Mm-hmm. You like that? Yeah. They got the goods. If you or your art department could use some love, then you need to go to 1-900-HOTSTUFF.COM and get your freak on because... They do a freaking good job. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're Almost. a fucking cheese ball. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said it with a straight face. <laughs> you have to do that every time now. Please, for the love of God. Um, all right. So you have uh, you have chromalines there? <laughs> I have a fucking headache now. That's what I have. <laughs> <laughs> you mean aneurysm oh my god that was solid gold nick's gonna love that shit <clears throat> uh, um i don't even know I, all right chromaline tip pinholes everyone fights them but what causes them some of the main causes of pinholes to look for are underexposure, too thin of emulsion coating poor reclaim job inadequate degreasing or dirty environment including dirty film or dirty glass in the exposure unit uh, so long story long, uh, clean everything really good, even your glass and your darkroom, and make sure you have a clean area or you will end up with pinholes. Yes. Great tip. And as always, go to chromaline.com to watch Kevin's videos and learn all about the screen room. Yes. Yes. Or mm-hmm. fly yourself to Fort Worth, Texas, walk mm-hmm. into ISS Fort Worth, and then walk into Kevin's class and then and sit down in a chair and then listen, learn. Yeah. Do all that stuff. <laughs> who, um, uh, who are we talking to today, bud? Who are we talking to today? Well, our guest today is Jared Chubb from Parkway Print Shop in Williamsburg, Virginia. And we have spoken to that shop once before. It's been a while. And, but we didn't speak to Jared. Who did we talk to, Dylan? Allison. That's right. Mm-hmm. Allison. But today, it's Jared. And we love this shop. He's here, so let's get this going. Let's get the party started, okay. yeah? Yep, yep. Stretch. Jared, Jared, Jared. <laughs> Jared, 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 Jared. <laughs> What's up, dude? How are you? What's up? I'm good. What about you guys? Oh, it's fucking... Well, it's a Thursday. It's the end of a grueling workday, and I'm I'm tired and beat, and I'm ready to talk to you for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah, Thursday, dude, it's bonkers. How was today for you? Was it crazy? 
nuts, man. Like just the whole week's been crazy. Last week's been crazy. So um, August was a really good month for us. And we are feeling it right now. You know, we're doing production on what we build, you know, the last two weeks in August. So it's just all hands on deck and going in so many different directions, getting pulled and um, a lot of good problems. Yeah. What are you guys seeing? Because Andy says he's busy right now. What are you guys seeing is like coming in right now? Like what's the what market is booming? Well, we do probably like 95% of our business is a local market. Um, and so we work with a lot of restaurants and breweries, um, different organizations, a lot of um, festivals and events. And it's just like, you know, when things cool down, those things really start to pick up. And so that's what we, you know, are really finding on our press. Um, you like know, people are print. gearing up for fall. Yeah, gearing up for fall, fall for sure, you know, from a retail merch perspective. Um, but also those events, you know, they start coming back around when the weather cools down here in Virginia. Um, so that's just, you know, we'll get tons of orders for outdoor events that are happening, you know, volunteer shirts or merch shirts that people are selling at events and things like that. And um, we do a little bit, just a really small percentage of schoolwork. Um, but the orders that do come in from the schools are, are large. Um, so, you know, like homecoming shirts or class shirts. And, um, so, you know, all that's coming in as kids are going back to school. So it's, uh, yeah, dude, we've been slammed, definitely running, um, at our max right now. And, uh, so we got to do a little bit of strategizing on how we can, uh, handle a little bit more. (laughs) I saw Allison post this morning that she got there early and counted a bunch of stuff in. And then all of a sudden, like two or three more pallets showed up. Yep. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The girl's a beast. She's still here running around somewhere. Um, You know, she's getting here. It's dark when she gets here. I think it's dark when she's leaving. So um, yeah, she's, uh, she's doing a lot right now. And that was kind of our whole goal really through the summer was like, let's put these processes in place. So you're not killing yourself. And, here we are, you know, in the fall, and she's killing herself again. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. at, at what point do you think your team starts to break down? Is it like so? If 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 really busy is a hundred percent, and what I mean breakdown, what I mean by that is like start to make mistakes, start to burn out, and just are like the the whole energy changes in your shop at what point do you think it starts to break down 80 percent 90 percent 100 percent so you said you're maxed out let's call that 100 110 percent you know what i mean like 120 so where where do you in your shops anyway where do you think it starts to break down because i know what's going on here and i know what's i have a, I have a, a number i think that it starts to occur at you're saying what number does do we start to kind of break our processes at what percentage yeah. 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 So like all of a sudden you're yeah, making more um, mistakes and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you get over that kind of like 80%, you know, everyone loves the 80% number, you know, things start to get chaotic. Um, so, you know, I would say somewhere around there, but, you know, we're kind of in a new territory where, um, you know, we have, we have grown so quickly and we've added equipment quickly to where, you know, now we need to find, um, people to run in, to pitch in and to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, receiving is not something that just happens overnight, you know, that receiving role. Um, so it's just, you know, where can we find time to train people and then plug them in? But, you know, if we were at 80% right now, 
um, I'd be super relaxed. But, you know, we are we're running, you know, this week, Allison told me that we're running more impressions this week than we've ran, you know, ever. Um, and so we're definitely feeling that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in overtime. So like we are in we're running. We opened up a Saturday shift and it's it started to break down, I would say, late last week you know, because we went from zero to 60 so fast. And then it was, I think I, today I, I said to myself, it's officially too busy. Like, it's just too busy. It's not fun. Like anymore at this point, it's, um, it's, I'm having, I'm having trouble just, you know, keeping things straight, you know, and but I think other people are too. But what's too busy though? Cause you technically can set your days. Well, you know what I mean? Like you can set the mood. Is it because everybody wants everything now or is it because you now you're like four weeks out instead of being two weeks out? Um, no, because, yeah, you're right. You can set your days. But our situation is, is that we have agreements with certain clients that it's two weeks. There's no, oh, this these orders that you're placing now, it's going to be four weeks. That wouldn't fly. You know what right, I mean? It so just doesn't work. Yourself. We are. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, that's just the, but g most of the year that works, like most of the time it works. And what happens now is sort of like what Jared was, was saying is that we have all, all sorts of other orders too. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can't, sometimes you have to fuck yourself. Sometimes you have to agree to a certain <laughs> amount of work. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you agree, you, you say yes, you know, in order to I understand that in order for you guys to do business, you need a reliable source for t-shirts, right? And because you have fulfillment to, to do. And so, and if we can't do it all, and if we can't fulfill everything that you're, that you need, then you're going to go somewhere else and you'll split the orders or whatever it's going to be. Right. And so we don't want that. <laughs> we want them to be exclusive to us. And so we form, you form a partnership, you say, okay, fine. You know, well, this is what we'll do. And sometimes they're flexible. Sometimes it doesn't always have to be. You know, we can push out a, a day or two or whatever. But yeah, so exactly what's happening to us anyway. The reason why we're just too busy is that we have all of those contracts and all those agreements in place. And then there's also all these other orders. And so we can try and push those out and we do a, a decent job of it. But it's it's all just kind of do, do you do you ever and do you know what I mean by like when sometimes you bid on something and it's it's months out and then it just comes, you know. And you don't even know if you, you want it or not. And sometimes all of a sudden you want it and say, hey, we need it. And so there's surprises too, if that makes sense. Shit just pops up. Yeah. Jared, you you mentioned that uh, you, grew t you grew really fast. And I know you guys were working on your shop and you, you have a nice new space and you're adding a bunch of equipment. Why, why is it everything kind of all of a sudden for you guys? I don't know. Um, you know, we've just really, um, I think stuck to our commitments with clients. And like I said, you know, all, almost all of our business is local. Um, you know, and even talking about turnaround times, like we will just bust our ass for a two week turnaround time, you know? And so that, I mean, that's why we're working so hard right now. Like we really don't like to get over that two weeks. Um, and we definitely have, I have another shop, you know, that I could probably hit a golf ball too from here. Um, where, you know, I hear that they might drop the ball and miss deadlines. Um, and so we've just done a really good job of keeping our commitments uh, with clients. And I think just our involvement in the community uh, has been recognized. And then I, that causes other 
people to want to work with us. And so we've created some really good relationships in the community. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, it just, it shows up. I, I really don't know how, you know, we, we don't, we don't really market ourselves. You know, we put, we spend some time on social media, um, but you know, within the community, we really don't, we don't spend any marketing money. It's just all inbound. And, and that's what we try to focus on, uh, you know, growing is, is inbound marketing uh, through social media, email campaigns, but you know, it's word of mouth, a lot of it. And, uh, you know, not yeah. letting our clients down your new space. Is that something that's kind of centrally located where a lot of people see it and they're like, wow, it's a really nice building. Or is it kind of off in the outskirts somewhere? No, we did move into um, a high traffic area. And so um, I wouldn't say the growth came before that, actually, um, before we moved in at the beginning of 2021. We moved in in July of 2021 to our new space. But uh, I don't know if it was just, you know, kind of the world opening up from COVID. But uh, the, the beginning of 2021 was just nuts, even at our old space. Um, so I think, you know, I really don't put the growth on like our location in town. Um, we do have a sign out front, you know, we have like a standalone monument sign out front and I didn't want to put Parkway print shop on it, you know, cause then people walk in, they want us to print paper for them or something. And it literally just says screen printing, um, on the shop. And so we'll get a, a little bit of walk-in traffic from that. But, um, the new space was really just to kind of showcase like what we did, um, definitely who we are and and make us stand out from other screen printers in the area for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, did you did you end up with that space because you wanted like more room or is it just a nicer place and everything else? It looks I mean, you guys did an amazing job, like really yeah. you yeah, didn't just walk some. into a building where you're just like, ah, fuck it. It's a warehouse space. You guys like decorated it and made it like super It's nice. absolutely beautiful. And that's what some yeah. of the comments are on that post we made too. People are like, wow, like, I don't know that where you're at gorgeous. right now, but you look like your fucking stylized background back there. Looks like screens <laughs> that you, you glued some screen frames and then painted it all black or something. Yeah. I mean, so for me, like, um, I knew we needed a bigger space. Um, our, we, when we got started, we signed a three year lease, um, and we were just outgrowing it. Um, you know, we had, um, our first auto in our old shop and it was probably, I think it was about 1800 square feet. Um, we had the auto and a manual and we just needed more space. Um, I knew I wanted to buy something and I knew I wanted to take something that was old and turn it into something modern. I really love, you know, old things and restoration. Um, and as old of a town that Williamsburg is, it's really difficult to find old buildings around here. And this was one, this building was built in the late sixties, but it definitely has some character to it. Um, and it had the space we need. It's a, it's a 10,000 square foot building. And um, what was it before? It was a furniture um, TV appliance store. So, like, if you wanted, it kind of has those... that look, like the front <laughs> angle out. It looks like an old. Yeah, if you wanted any of those items before, like Best Buy or Circuit City or something, like this was the place to come and you know buy a big box television, a recliner, and a stove, I guess. Um, but yeah, we uh, we basically you know gutted the whole thing. Um, had drop ceiling everywhere and. Everything in the in the building is brand new. I mean, it has block walls, which I love, concrete floors. Um, but 
literally everything in the building was new. It was, it was a really large project. Um, and it was fun, but it, you know, it was really nice. You know, when you talk about the little accents that we were able to, to do, I mean, we we're able to plan that, um, you know, my Pinterest board was nuts before, you know, <laughs> kind of designing this place, you know, with inspiration. Um, and we took inspirations from other shops too. Like even, you know, the screens that are behind me, um, I drew that inspiration from tiny fish, you know, they have say, a conference yeah. room. I don't know if they still have it, um, but that green, that green room, like that's a totally rad room, you know? And so I was like, man, I want to do something like that. Um, so, you know, I just use screens to make a geometric shape and kind of blend in. So a lot of inspiration all over the place. That's awesome. Are you, are you happy with how everything came out or are you like, fuck, I wish I did this a little bit differently? Yeah. yeah um, I would have got more power to the building. Um, you know, when we designed everything, I had, we had no plans to get a second auto, um, you know, as quick as we did. But like I said, that first half of uh, last year was so nuts where it was like, if we're going to continue to grow, um, we need another press. And, um, you know, that thing sucks some energy and we got a new, um, service from our local electric company, a new transformer and everything. And I wish we would have gotten more power. We didn't pay a lot for the electric upgrade. And so I just wish we would have got a little bit more, um, you know, I've even explored, well, what's it going to be to, um, increase the amperage now. And, you know, it's just stupid how much it would cost. And so, you know, we're kind of dealing with pushing the line, um, just as far as our amperage, um, in the building. So that's definitely one thing that I would switch up for sure. I ran into something and I wanted to ask you and Andy, cause you're talking about power. I just got that new auto installed this week and you know how, when they install it, they check the power to make sure like what the, the voltage is coming in and everything. Well, my coming in voltage is like two, it was like two forty two. And the press is like it to be like between 208 and 230. So he was like, hey, I'm not going to let you run this press until like you put in a transformer for this specific press. And then we got to looking at it and like I already have one on the Sportsman. They didn't make me get one on the Gauntlet, but it would explain some weird little like issues I'm having with electronics if it's too high. And then I had my electrician here and I was like, dude, if we're going to do that, I'm going to have to have transformers on like everything, like flashes presses everything do either of you have like a step down transformer on your building or are you running them at each piece of equipment yeah um we so you know in renovating the building we were we had engineer work done um which was required for permits and i think that's kind of where you know taking a space like this and literally making everything brand new um, we are, we were able to like give our electric requirements to an engineer. Um, and then, uh, we did have a general contractor. And so, you know, working with the power company, they, I, I don't know what they did, but I know, um, you know, when we made our move and then also when we got, um, the oval, you know, the feedback from text was like, we have really good, um, you know, voltage. And I, I really don't understand or know what all that means, but at our Me old either. shop, we had, yeah, we had to have like um, one of them buck boosters or step downs or whatever it was 
um, on the press, but here, like it, it just, you know, I don't know if it was the engineers or, you know, how they did it. Um, the, the people that installed the electric, but you know, we were really good for the equipment and didn't need anything additional. So, you know, from mechanical to electrical, um, we had, you know, engineering plans for the building. Pretty solid. So what you're saying is you're smart and you planned ahead and I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it, you know, sometimes you don't even have a choice, you know, like we, we loved this building and we chose this building and, and you can, uh, we, we were lucky in that it, it was the exact right voltage. So, you know, I, I, I think maybe it, it does sometimes come down to that. Just like if you're lucky enough to have the right voltage for M and R, cause I know that it's, and I'm not sure, maybe it's, the, it's different for rock or it's, I'm not, I don't know how that works, but with M and R, you're right, Dylan, it's pretty finicky. It, there's only a, there's a small tolerance, right? I think it's like that and, for all electronics, but the thing is, mm-hmm. is it's just like, I just put that beefed up in, uh service in and my electrician was like, dude, if we get this like full shop transformer, mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna have to undo that service, and then like you have to run it through the transformer first. That might and be then a better way in. to do it though, instead of right, like well, that's each what individual. I, said to him. I was like, why don't we do that? And then he just looked at me like, dude, we just fucking did all this. <laughs> He's like, now we have to redo it because you didn't think about this or plan this. And I was but just you know like, what the uh, great thing is, is that you own your building. Jared owns his building. I don't own this building, so I, I thought about that too because you know you said you 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 invested a lot and you had all this cost and build out. And I had this question for for you too, Dylan. So when you go about doing things and you invest in your in your shop, Jared, and same same goes for you, Dylan. You know that's like a, it's an investment, and it's an investment. It's that you're probably going to get back in a lot of instances. You're gonna it, you know it's equity in your building, let's say. And with with here, like this last expansion we did, I invested. I spent over fifty k in electric just upgrading the service, right? So I could run the Cobras down on that end and all of the flashes because each have three. Um, it was expensive and however i don't get to take it with me like it's and so in other words like when you a lease versus own my lease i thought to myself okay well if for if we're doing this and we're doing this for five years and i'm spending fifty thousand dollars and you amateurize that over five years are we going to stay past five years i don't even know you know and so it's like it's so much more difficult and it must be way easier because the building, the shop I had before this, it was, we owned, we owned that building. And it's such a different feeling. It's such a better feeling. So, so if you have to go in and, and put a new transformer in for your built building, Dylan, like you could at least think to yourself, well, it's, I'm investing in this building. I'm not totally pissing this away. I do you that know? every day. I mean, we're constantly like literally every day we're like upgrading something. Like my dad is here pretty much every day, fucking working on something or building something new. Like mm-hmm. I was out there today. Like I, because I own the building, like I had to mow the lawn and like weedy and like I was leaf blowing like dirt off the stairway and stuff. It's you can like, hire somebody to do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I like that and it breaks up my day. So I'm mm-hmm. just saying like there's shit like that though as an owner, like, but it's also like I'm improving shit every day, but it's, there's also shit breaking like every other day. Like last week I had to like pull the, uh, the, the like mini septic pump out from under the building for the renter because they have a, like a, like a sewage pump and they got clogged full of wipes because someone used their toilet and threw a bunch of wipes in. So it's like, I had to literally crawl into the building, pull out a tub. Well, me and my dad and he didn't, he did most of it, thankfully. Um, <laughs> and it was just like tubs of sewage. And it's like, you have to do that because you own the building. Um, so there's, there's stuff like that, but yeah, it's way more fun to like, 
put money into your own place because it's yours and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. So, yeah, I mean, that that part's rad. But and you look at it, too, and you're like, this is mine. How do you feel like about that, Jared? How do you is it the same way for you? Yeah, um, I guess, you know, a couple things. One is, you know, even with this blank slate, like I wish I could go back and do some things different, you know, just like that power. Um, And there's some, you know, other things that I would do differently. Um, But, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, we decided, you know, that we wanted to purchase something um, is because my dad's a shop owner um, and he owns the building that he's in. And so, um, you know, just talking with him and him seeing where our business is, um, he really got in my ear and is like, you need to buy You need to buy a building. You need to buy a building. Like he kept, you know, pushing that, you know, because he was seeing the growth that we were having. And so, you know, I was pretty fortunate to, you know, have him on my side. Um, I'm not sure, you know, if he wasn't in my ear you know, chirping about it like he was like, I'm not sure that we would have bought a building. Um, but, you know, being able to lean on him, um, you know, and his experience, you know, and, and, and the trust is just like, look, he's saying I need to buy a building. I need to buy a building, you know, and, and it was a great move. And, um, you know, kind of like, you know, you're talking about Andy, I mean, the equity that you can have over time, you know, versus paying, you know, rent, um, is incredible and you know especially you know us as business owners as we get down the road um you know when we get older you know what or we're looking to get out like what are what do we have you know what assets do we have um sure equipment's cool and everything but um you know you have a client book and and what else and so um i think you know having a piece of property you know that has value um, to go with your business or, or to sell to an investor. I mean, that's, um, I think, you know, any shop, um, that has been around and is established and has a proven business model should definitely look, you know, at some point into, into purchasing some real estate. It's also something nice to dump money into when your accountant says you need to spend money or the government's going to take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty much what I'm looking at now. So that's why I'm like, yeah, let's do this project. Let's do this project. Because they're like, you need to spend some money. Um, Jared, you mentioned that your dad was a shop owner? Yeah, so uh, I don't have the same story as everybody else that I was in a band. My dad's been screen printing since he was 15 years old in the basement of his parents' house. And so, um, you know, as a kid, I grew up running around a screen printing shop summers. Um, you know, I'm sure my mom, my mom and dad have three kids. I'm sure they wanted to get one of them out of the house. So, um, you know, I would, I would hang out at my dad's shop and, um, he's just always been in screen printing. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it was really beneficial, um, you know, to kind of learn that business from him and then be able to take experiences I've had outside of screen printing, um, and, you know, implement them in my own business for sure. Is he still printing? Yeah, he's got a, well, he's not printing, but <laughs> he's got a, he's got a shop is about 25 miles away um, from me. And uh, I guess a little quick story is um, in 2014, I started working at my dad's shop full time and I was doing some outside sales and um, he has a 50% business partner that works in that business with him. And I started talking, I've, I've always wanted to be a business owner. Um, 
you know, and I, I would tell you, you know, people like screen printing just happened to, you know, be there, you know, for me to open a, a screen printing business. But, you know, working in my dad's shop, you know, I was talking with him and his business partner about a, a transition or a transaction, you know, to, to take over his business. And um, so after three years of working there, um, I just realized that it was it was like a dead end, like it wasn't going to happen. You know, and I was in the, you know, the best years of my professional life in my late thirties. And, you know, if I was going to make something happen, um, you know, it needed to, uh, it needed to happen now. And so, um, in 2017, I did a little legwork about opening a shop in another town. Uh, like I said, about 25 miles from him up here in Williamsburg and, uh, yeah, just kind of pulled the trigger and I went over to my dad's house one night and uh, I was like, dad, I'm opening a screen printing shop in Williamsburg. And I like to tell the story, Allison, I hired Allison at my dad's shop. And uh, <laughs> I told, I went to my parents' house, told my dad, I'm opening a screen printing business in Williamsburg, said that to him. I, I was working for him. The very first thing out of his mouth was, he kicked is you Allison, through the wall. <laughs> he said, is Allison <laughs> going with you? <laughs> And so that was his, that was a concern of his, but, um, <laughs> so how did yeah, he feel so, about it? Oh, my dad is like the nicest, most laid back person in the world. Like, you know, even when I opened the business, you know, like he was like, ah, oh, those are, you know, you got this account. Why don't you just, you know, you start to help him. Um, so he was really supportive. Um, you know, he thought I was a little nuts, but you know, like I said, I, I mean, I just needed to make a move. Um, and so Allison moonlighted for about three months where she would work at my dad's shop. She would, you know, um, get off there at four 30, come over to parkway. You know, we would print till like eight or nine in the morning or in the evening, um, on a manual cruiser is what we started with M and R cruiser. Um, and, and she did that for about three months and then she knew she was coming. We just needed to build the business until we got to a point where she could make the switch. And then uh, about three months in, she was like, dude, I've had it. Like, I'm, I need to come over. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll figure it out. Um, so yeah. And then that's really how we got rolling. So did, when she was at your dad's place, did she just get replaced by somebody else or I don't understand how you're just like, yeah, she's a key employee here. I'm just going to take her for myself. Well, Allison and I were, uh, you know, kind of talking a little bit, you know, Allison knew, you know, what I was thinking about doing. Um, and so she definitely like pitched in and a lot of brainstorming. And so, you know, we, you know, it wasn't like a, a grand scheme, you know, I was going to open this and, and she was going to come with me, but she definitely knew that, you know, this was something that we were, um, that I was considering and, and, you know, when I pulled the trigger, it was definitely something that, you know, both of us wanted to happen. We just need to figure out the time um, that it was going to happen. But like I said, my dad, he knew it was eventually going to happen. That was his first question, you know, so he right. knew the relationship that, that her and I have. And, um, you know, it was, it was pretty much inevitable. So what, What's your focus, Jared? Like, are you, you're not a printer, are you? Or are you more like an office guy? Yeah. Um, my focus right now is not being responsible for anything. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of been, you know, as we have grown the business, I've been able to kind of get myself out of 
um, certain areas of the business. So, you know, obviously the first was getting off the press. Um, and probably after about eight months of business, I was able to get off the press. Um, and then, you know, we got an auto about, we ordered the auto about eight months, um, after we opened, um, and then it arrived a couple months later. Um, but you know, the first step was getting out of production. Um, and then I just handled pretty much all of customer service, um, up to about a year ago. And then, uh, we got to a point where, um, you know, I was doing customer service. I was doing, you know, all the steps, printing out film, um, you know, any type of um, design work. I'm not a graphic designer, but, you know, just happened to, you know, learn Illustrator and um, the functions within it. And, um, you know, so about a year ago, I was able to get out of um, customer service. Uh, we hired an account manager that, you know, handles all of our inbound um, phone calls and emails. And, um, you know, uh, probably my only daily responsibility right now is ordering um, blanks. And, uh, you know, I'll try to figure that out. But, you know, my whole goal is to really just, you know, lead people, um, you know, and build a team where, you know, I can fill in where needed and not be relied on for any anything that happens or anything that's required on a daily basis. And, um, you know, in that way I can be flexible. Um, you know, I can decide to take a vacation if I want to, or, um, just, you know, not necessarily be in the building, but the business still functions. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now it's really just about processes. I'm really focused on processes, creating processes and structure yeah. um, in order to allevi alleviate any responsibility, daily responsibility that I might have for business operations. How are you going about that? So where do you find resources to help you figure all that stuff out? Is it just all you or are you watching YouTube videos or is there a book I need to read because I need to know this for myself, basically? <laughs> um. No. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, read a bunch of, um, you know, books around leadership and stuff, but I think that's more about, you know, becoming the leader that you want to be rather than, you know, creating the processes. But I mean, I think any business owner or, you know, manager or leader can, you know, find ways to, you know, fill in the holes, you know, um, one of the goals here, you know, is to, you know, that we've had this year is to get Allison off press, you know, like I don't want her on the press. I don't want her to be responsible in the press. You know I mean? I want her to have that same mentality um, in production as, you know, she's there to fill in the holes um, where it's needed, but just also to, to train and to create the processes. And so during slow times, we're able to do that. Unfortunately, um, you know, this week, Allison's been a press operator and I've stepped in as a, a press assistant, um, you know, a couple hours a day. I'm, you know, pulling shirts because that's what we need to do. But, um, you know, I think it's really looking at your business and, you know, seeing, OK, what am I doing? Um, are we at a revenue level where it makes sense to plug someone into this space? Um, and then, you know, taking the time to train and have those processes and um, automation is you know, really important to us. And I think, um, you know, a business owner that can focus on automating their business um, would have a much time, a much easier time, you know, kind of removing themselves from that responsibility. 
what else do you feel like you need to do to get to that goal of stepping out? I know you said that you've kind of done all the roles and backed out and put people in place, but what else do you need to feel comfortable that this place can run by itself? Like if one person's out sick, are you back to being like, shit, I have to fill in? Or do you have things in place for that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I mean, we are currently hiring a press assistant. Um, it's for us, for me, it seems like um, press operators just seem to be tough to train. We have really good people. We have minimal turnover. Um, you know, we had someone just leave because her husband was um, in the military and he got assigned to go somewhere else. I mean, other than that, you know, our retention is really good with our staff, but, you know, it's hard to... The, the difficult thing is handling the current business that we have um, and training at the same time, you know? And so you get into such a grind um, where it's like, Hey, we need to pump out shirts. But at the same time, it's like, Hey, we got this press assistant that we need to train, you know, how to load shirts on the press and where do we find the time to do that? So that's kind of like our biggest hurdle here is um, how do we continue to pump out t-shirts, but train and, um, find, uh, continue to, to expand our team, uh, in order to alleviate some of the stress that, you know, both Allison and I are, are feeling ourselves. So, um, you know, we are, uh, getting ready. We, we actually have some interviews lined up next week for a press assistant. And then, um, hopefully we can, uh, get someone that's super motivated and, um, a lot of energy that we can eventually train to be a, a press operator. But that's kind of, that's been our hangup. Um, and then the other part that we could use a little bit of structure would just be, um, in our receiving area. Um, we don't do a lot of shipping, so it's not really shipping and receiving. It's just receiving with, you know, the blanks that are coming in and staging, um, orders that are meeting press. So that's kind of like the two areas where like, if we were able to fill those, like I would feel super comfortable, um, you know, like I said, I order shirts daily and, you know, oversee some emails and put out fires, but, you know, I, I can do a lot of that stuff from, from anywhere. Um, but, you know, I like being here and, um, you know, engaging with the team for sure. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, we can get into this a little bit more after this, but you mentioned in an email to me, cause we were talking about a separate project that you, uh, used to deal a lot with retail and fashion stuff. Uh, can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I uh, before I started working at my dad's shop, I worked for Adidas um, for about six years, and and before that, I worked at a local um, kind of like urban fashion store, you know, as a kid and through college. And so, I think working with Adidas though, um, in mid level management, eventually with them, um, you know, really gave me some great exposure into. Um, the fashion retail sector, I worked for their originals side, which is kind of like their streetwear, urban um, line, old school superstars, things like that. Um, and so, like, I've always been around, you know, a retail environment and um, working with Adidas gave me a lot of experience on how to um, visually merchandise spaces and, uh, you know, kind of showcase um, uh, garments, I guess. Uh, and the other bonus, you know, with working with Adidas is I'm working with, you know, a global retailer that has a lot of structure and, 
you know, that really helped develop me as a leader. And, you know, my goal kind of Parkway is to, you know, implement both those things, my experience in um, retail fashion, um, and also, you know, those things that I learned from, um, you know, the, the people perspective that, that Adidas was able to train me, you know, on uh, how to handle, you know, employees and create people culture. And so, yeah, a great experience with that um, before I, I started working uh, back into, into screen printing, you know, as an adult. <laughs> how much of that did you take to Parkway? Well, I took, a, you know, a lot of it to Parkway, you know, even when I was running, um, I wasn't running my dad's shop, but, you know, I was, if you want to, you know, for a while, I would have like, a, you know, he never had a production manager position, but I was definitely doing that with him, you know, and trying to, you know, implement uh, different, you know, policies and standards and, and processes. And so when um, I started Parkway, it, it was really nice that I had free reign to kind of do and structure it however I want. Um, and as we have grown the team here, we've been able to kind of roll out um, some of those things that I learned. And so, for example, this year, um, you know, I feel like we've our team has grown in, in about the last 12 months. So this year, like I felt like it was appropriate to finally roll out an evaluation process. And so I was able to take the evaluation process that I had, um, an employee evaluation process that I had from Adidas and um, implement that into Parkway. And so uh, in July, we did kind of like our first rounds of, you know, one-on-one -on -one employee evaluations. And um, we definitely have some incentives tied to performance you know, in those evaluations. And so that's just an example of something that we, you know, I've been able to take from Adidas. I don't know if I would have um, kind of, I don't know if I would even think of that, you know, if I'd never worked with Adidas. And can we, so can we pause there for a second? I've never done one and I know Andy, you do them too. Can you guys run through like a mock? Like, how do you do it? Like, and why is it good and why is it effective? Well, regarding the evaluation uh, process, um, we this year also created some brand values. Um, and so I felt like we were at a stage of our business where um, I had a good grasp on who we are. Um, we actually, when we moved, we did a rebrand. Um, and that was a pretty cool opportunity for us. Um, you know, we kind of, we moved to a new building and we were able to um, rebrand because I feel like, you really don't know what your business is until you get into it. And so, um, you know, we rolled out uh, five um, brand values uh, for our shop. And the way we did the evaluation process was we um, took those five values and uh, kind of gave descriptions to them. And then basically you know, it's a one through five rating um, uh, of how we felt employees were performing around those values. Uh, and then we would take an average of that uh, and give a, a total score. And what we did, because I always feel like, you know, sometimes business owners don't take uh, the rise in cost of living into effect. Um, we tied uh, cost of living increases with the employee evaluation. So um, basically if you're, you know, uh, a three, uh, and you're just, you're, you're meeting expectation, you know, you're not blowing us away or anything. Um, you're still going to get, um, a percentage raise that reflects, um, 
you know, the cost of living increase that, you know, all of us have um, in the country. So that's what, how we have kind of incentivized our uh, evaluations. And then um, we have, I sent Andy a email because uh, I was listening to an episode and he was talking, I think it was the one where they did the survivor vote, uh, whether the <laughs> girl was going to get to come back the next day or something. Yeah. Yeah. She and, did uh, not. She did not make it. <laughs> no, I think she, she did. got to come back the next day, but then she <laughs> voted herself off the island. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, sometimes I'm listening to you guys and I'm just like, I'm not yelling at the podcast, but I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing now? And so um, I was like, all right, I got to email Andy about this. And so um, I sent him pretty much what, what um, was our, like in a, what the defense policy or, or point system that, that we used at Adidas when I was there. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have not rolled that out here at our shop. Um, honestly, we haven't had a need to, um, but I think as the team grows, um, and I mean, honestly, I, I think the, we haven't had any problems. So if we started having problems, I'm sure I would implement it a lot faster. Can I talk about the um, attendance policy? But, can I, can I describe it a little yeah. bit real quick? Mm -hmm. So it looks like it goes like this. So there's incidents, right? And with each incident, there's a point assigned to that incident. So for example, late arrival, which means 10 minutes plus which I don't really like. I think if, if you're one minute late, you're late. But anyway, 10 minutes you're plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. Put it that way. But how about this? So late arrival, 10 plus minutes, it's one point. Missed shift, which means two hours or more, you're given two hours or more notice, that's 1.5. Missed shift with two hours of less notice, that's two. Missed shift with two hours of or less after start time, that's three. And no call, no show, two hours after start time, that's six. And so um, if you do have perfect attendance for 90 days, you get minus one. And then here's the actions taken. Verbal warning comes in at three points. So let's say you were you were a late arrival three times and it was 10 minutes plus each time. Looks like you're getting a verbal warning. Um, first written warning comes in at four points. Second written warning comes in at five. Final warning at six. Termination seven. What do you think? You like I it? feel like that shit wouldn't work at my shop at all because everyone's <laughs> why? fucking. Tell me why. So tell me why. Because they leisurely stroll in. Like yeah, some are here early, most are here early, but and there's how some does that... that get here like ten minutes late or they're okay. And how does that you affect know... you? How does that affect your team? How does that affect the jobs going out the door? How does it affect your P and L? Or do you give a shit? It doesn't really. I mean, the only time it's affected anything is if usually productions here early like they're like i say nine they're here at 8 30 usually because they're i don't know why they're just here early um but what what happens is that if brian's late or sarah or morgan or uh maggie's late is production will bring in a test print and the person they're supposed to be getting it checked with isn't here yet and then they're just like well fuck i guess i gotta sit here and wait and do nothing that's until a problem they get here. yeah that's bad that's costing right. money Right. And it's frustrating for your team. Right. And it's not very often, but like we did have to kind of razz Brian a little bit and say like, hey, like, 
he's like oh what's it matter and i'm like well it matters because like people come in here and they look for you and you're not here and then they scowl and turn around and walk back out in the shop and he was like he's like that doesn't happen and i'm like all right well literally like every person who walked in the shop that day i was like hey how many times does it affect you if Brian's not here? And they're like, all the time. And it was like, they left the shop and went out and did something else. The next person came in and I was like, hey, how often does it affect you if Brian's not here? And they were like, all the time. <laughs> and then he was just like, fuck. Uh, I guess I need to start getting here earlier. Um, and like I said, I'm not giving him shit. But it's just like, you know, that was the reasoning of being like, hey, dude, like, you've worked here for fucking 13 years. Like, that's cool. Like, I, I'm not, whatever your fucking grandfathered in like i don't really care at this point but i just wanted to let you know he's hourly but he's worked with me since like literally day one so um it's just you know he always it's not like he's just late he's just we all know brian's not going to get here till 9 30 instead of nine but he always stays late too so like he makes it he makes the time up but it's just like he's not a morning person and we all know that so I don't well, know. I, think, I just, um, I'm more lenient, I guess. I think, you know, especially with a larger team, you know, and what, like, I understand Andy's, um, you know, size of team to be, I think, like, having those policies, like, in place, like, really allow to have um, those conversations that you need to have that a lot of, like, um, business owners, like, try to avoid, you know, and I think it's a, a good way to make sure that you're setting expectation around, you know, like the employee's behavior or, um, you know, when they're showing up or, um, you know, when, when they might be calling out, like, you know, increases the importance of, um, you know, how much notice they're given if they're going to miss a shift. And, um, you know, if you're able to, you know, have a policy and you're like, you know, it's really like, the policy is the bad cop, right? So like you don't, you're not necessarily like, right. You know, hurting a relationship that you might be having with a staff they did member it to themselves. Yeah. And the policy is a policy, you know? And so you can always, I mean, you know, it's always, it's always easier to be the good cop and the policy, you know, allows the policy to be the bad cop and you're just delivering the message. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, having those types of things in place and, and that goes back to the evaluation process, you know, it really sets that, opportunity for you to give candid feedback, you know, where someone, um, you know, could be doing better. Obviously we like to celebrate and recognize what people are doing. Well, um, I have a personal, like I, I always want to know what I can do better. And I think I tend to focus on that in our evaluation conversations. Um, but you know, it just allows that communication. And then we always allow, you know, in those conversations for the employee to give their feedback, you know, and they might be feeling a certain way about something. And um, I think those sit down planned conversations is incredibly important, especially as your team grows. Um, and I felt like we were at a spot um, with eight about to be nine of us that we were at a spot where we could just be like, okay, we need to lay this foundation. Cause as our team grows, you know, um, we start adding people and it's something that, uh, you know, is, is set in place and we're, we're not just rolling out HR policies, um, you know, to a team of you know, 15, 16 people. Right. I think, I think this is a very important distinction. I think that Dylan, I think that your shop, I would rather have that shop. I would rather live in that environment. I would rather have it that me and my, my buds are working here printing t-shirts 
And if it's cool if you're 10 minutes, 15 minutes late and you're staying later because you're not a morning person, even if you're a half hour late, I don't care. As long as you're staying later and getting your work done and you're happy, I'm happy, everybody's happy, then that's cool. I yeah. would rather have that. But I think that somehow I got into this situation <laughs> and that's through um, some of my own I allowed us to grow to this. And also I had a team that kept, I kept adding to that all of a sudden I was, it shifted, you know, and I was in a position where, wait a second, I had some exit interviews where people would leave and say, okay, you know, I'm leaving. And, and they would put on here a couple of things, uh, as far as I would ask questions like, how fair do you think your compensation was? How fair do you think your, um, you were treated? How fair do you think your management, all these sort of questions. And I got it. I got started to get some questions back that were some favoritism, let's say. And I was like, Oh shit, not only are they leaving because they think that I maybe allow this person to walk in, stroll in 30 minutes late, but also there could be a, a even a lawsuit because I'm, I, I allow that person to be late and I don't allow this person to be late. And I was like, I, th I thought I was exposing myself to something different. And also one more thing is, is that I wasn't friends with anyone that works here prior to them working here, you know? And so it wasn't like we had a relationship, a friendship before, and now they're here or anything. There was never that dynamic. Again, I would like to emphasize, I would like to emphasize that I would prefer to have your shop. I think that what you've created and the, the, the vibe of your shop is like very sustainable and also good for your mental health. I think that the shop here maybe isn't that sometimes somebody asked me, I was on press yesterday because of, you know, what happened, um, uh, earlier in the week of this, this whole, um, you know, goof that we did. And I was on press, uh, I was offloading and the press op said, Hey Andy, just curious, um, like, <laughs> how are you doing? You know, like, are you doing okay? Are you going to break because, down and murder like, us all? Yeah. Like, is this fine? Because it's, I mean, I don't know how you're handling it. I was on the tagging machine two day, three days ago or two days ago after all this happened. And the person said, hey, Andy, what, how do you process all this? Like, do you read, do you meditate and stuff like that? Because they're like, man, this would have freaked me out, you know? And so it, and it did freak me out, although I just remained calm. Because one of the things that you have to do while you're leading is you can't, freak out. You know, I've, I've done that before. And that was the worst possible thing for me to do was lose my cool. You know, you have to, you have to keep cool. And well, it was like, um, we were talking about that the other day when I cut those fucking wires on the press, mm. the brand new press. It was like, I literally didn't even phase me. Like, and I, <laughs> it, I like thought mm. about that later. I was like, I didn't even care. I was just like, man, I did that. It is what it is. Let's get this shit inside and I'll fucking deal mm -hmm. with it later. Like, yeah, I, I was surprised at how little that didn't piss me off. I was just like, fuck, whatever. It's just another thing. It's just another thing to add to the daily like task. It wasn't like a, oh, my God, let's lose my shit right. and go punch a wall. It was just like, fuck, whatever. It's another work thing I got to do. Like, Jared, whatever. do you agree? Do you agree with that as far as the distinction between there's some shops that it that it works to not have any sort of policies and it's, and it's fine. And then, and maybe that shop grows and then it doesn't work one day or do you know what I mean? Like, does that make any sense? Yeah, I think there's definitely multiple ways, you know, to run your shop or lead people. And, um, you know, I think what, you know, I understand Dylan's shop to be like, I couldn't imagine him trying to put in a policy like he like they, they, they would murder you, dude. Exactly. Like, so. That's what I'm saying. That's why I can't. Like, I feel like I can't do morning meetings because they're like, shut up. You but know, I like, think like <laughs> I, 
I think it's the exception, you know, like the culture that you have at your shop, I think is a lot different than, you know, 95% um, of, you know, all the other shops that are out there. And so, um, I don't know, you're just a unicorn or something, but like, I don't know. I didn't try to do anything. It just happened. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, and with the size of Andy's team and stuff, you know, we're hiring strangers, you know, and so... It's really about, you know, how do we create an environment that they're happy to come to work and and they have great energy while they're here. Um, But then when something doesn't go right, how do we handle that? Um, And so I I think, you know, there's definitely a balance. And, you know, as business leaders, I think we all just need to you know take kind of like that bird's eye view of our business and see, you know, what do we need to do to to continue to grow? you know, even if it's not, you know, from a revenue standpoint, you know, one of our brand values is grow or die. And it's not really, you know, about, you know, growing our business or adding more presses, you know, it's really about just becoming better versions of ourselves. And um, I think, you know, we all should be doing that. Um, you like know, that. even, yeah, even people that, you know, might have something a little bit less unstructured like Dylan shop. So, Whoa. Um, (laughs) I just, we just got done saying that, that you're a unique shop and that I would actually trade for that, for that sort of vibe. I mean, it's, I think it's, uh, I would like to live my days a little less stress. And I think that, yeah, I I mean, you built it, it, you've done this exactly that. There's a trade-off though. Like I, I have things that you guys don't have that also suck. Like if, you know, I feel like I get taken advantage of more so than you guys probably do you know what i mean like maybe being buddy buddy and like being friends with everybody i get a lot of like everybody standing in the office having a 45 minute conversation about buttholes and it's like i can't walk out and be like hey asshole like get back to work what the fuck are you doing they're just gonna be like you know oh let us finish first or whatever it's like shit like Mm. that happens or you know like the late thing or whatever it's just like oh well you don't you don't care usually like so and so was late yesterday why are you yelling at me for being late it's like i get stuff like that not all the time but it's just like you know what i mean it's more stressful for me because it's like how do you have a manager employee conversation with one of your best friends too it's like yeah that's tough it's hard to be like hey uh you're fucking this up and you you're on strike you're on notation six and (laughs) i'm supposed to you know dock your pay or it's like that doesn't happen like i can't do that Um, i have um you asked a minute ago what uh as far as like about performance reviews and so i just printed off i i used to have this mini page thing that i that would let um let's see i would let the team member fill out and then their manager fill out and then I think a coworker. I used to have it where I had would have three because I wanted to compare them. I wanted people sort of like to report on this person, and then this person report on themselves. You know, just to kind of feel like how how what people thought of working with them. And then um, that just took so long, and uh, I thought wasn't really getting me anywhere. And so I changed it to just one page, and it only goes to the employee. And I simplified it, and here's what I put. Um, because really this is for me anyway, just a conversation starter, uh, just a, just a reference point of what we do in our performance review. And so here it goes. Um, what are your three most significant accomplishments last year? So we only meet once a year. I wish we could meet more because I think that would do a lot for our, 
for these performance reviews because sometimes people they maybe like improve the when they know their performance review is coming they'll like do it seems like some certain people will do better that month or something you know and then you have this, this short-term memory you can't remember what they did a year ago but do anyway they, do they come up with those things right there in the office or is it something no that you I, so i give so i print this out and then i hand it to them and then they have a day or so to fill this out normally okay. I'm, i get it back that same day so, like I said, what are your three most significant accomplishments last year? What are your three biggest goals you'd like to accomplish this year? And then I have this thing called the Big Seven. And it says, please rate on a one to five scale, one being poor, two being fair, three being good, four being very good, five being excellent. And so I have the Big Seven, what I call them. And I said, strong work ethic, setting and achieving goals, dependable consistently following through number three positive attitude creating a good environment number four is self-motivated are you working effectively with little direction number five team orientated making the most out of collaboration number six effective communication understanding the benefits of clarity and number seven flexible adapting in a meaningful way and so like on this paper there's a one through and they can circle them but then it says at the bottom complete on back or attach additional paper. So I want them to write a couple sentences. You know what I mean? Because then I get to look at it and it's funny because some people will go on here and they'll say, okay, and they give themselves all fives, like excellent in every single category. Some people do that. And I'll go through and if I disagree with one of them, let's say I thought their attitude wasn't so positive, you know, I'd say, hey, you give yourself a five on positive and tell me why you did that, you know? And um, they'll, they'll say... Because you're a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, like for real, like, and, and, and they'll, sometimes they'll say on, let's say, team-oriented, they'll give themselves a three and it's accurate, or maybe that's kind of a low score. And I'll say, oh, you only gave yourself a three, a good for team-oriented, where I think you're much better than, I mean, still three's a good, right? But honestly, right. I think you're very good at that, you know? And so it gives, it's just like a basis of where we start conversations at. And it's so far, like I've done this for about, I would say this one says 2019 on it. So I've been doing this for three or four years. And okay. uh, I think Jared's smiling because he's like, I don't know. I don't know about this. What does that do, though? Like, I get that you can have a paper and be like, hey, you're you're a nice person. Mm -hmm. You're whatever. But what does that actually do for you? Like, is it helping you? Is it helping them? Is it something where you can set goals for the next year? Yeah. So, you know, the... We talk about what we did. What's really cool is, of, so if they've been here for three years, I have what they did last year and then the goals that they have for this year, let's say, or the next year, right? And so you can, when somebody says on here, what are your three biggest goals for, for this year? And they put down something that I had no idea that that's what they wanted to do. Well, that's just like a talking point. Like, okay, wait a second. You know, this person wants to, they're a designer, they're a graphic designer, but one of their goals is they want to, they want to write software for um monday let's say and improve monday well that's really great to know like during our sit down right and it's and then it's like a talking point i could say okay well let's do this and how soon do you think you can do it when can it be done and if you do do that well then that justifies giving them a compensation adjustment right i'm they're normally yeah. normally they're here for a performance review they're here for a raise and what justifies a raise besides just being here for another year, for being here for a whole year? Well, then this gives us reasons and say, okay, well, you have these three goals for this year, then that makes sense. And, and then you accomplished them last year, like, let's do this. You know what I mean? So it's it just gives you reason besides just that you're here another year that you were going to get a raise. Now, I understand what Jared said about the cost of living increase because that's fair, right? It's fair to say, well, we had a cost of living increase of 5% or 3% or whatever that is. And that's what your raise is going to be. 
And, um, but you also took on these extra responsibilities. And so instead of 3%, we're going to call it six or call it eight or call it 10. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I've given even way more than 10% raises. <clears throat> so it just depends. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the way you're doing it, Andy, I mean, that's really a, a good way to do it. And especially if you can set goals, um, we don't currently have that on our evaluation form and it is just a page for ours, but you know, if you can set goals, um, and then revisit those in a year, um, you know, I would probably encourage you to do six month evaluations. Right. Um, we're doing ours in January and uh, July because those are our slowest months. So we can really find time for that. Um, but setting goals is great because, um, like you said, you can pull out the piece of paper and be like, okay, here's what we talked about. Let's review this. Um, and then, you know, do we need to change direction or do we need to capitalize on something that, you know, employee might be doing extremely well. And so I, I think that's definitely a good way to go about it. Right. Right. All right. We're going to do some listener questions. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Poor Morgan asks, on the previous Parkway episode, I think it was mentioned that your neighbors approached you wanting to buy your building for a nice chunk of change a few years back. What were the pros and cons running through your head at that time? Uh, and did the offer at the time make you rethink renovations? Uh, the offer at the time definitely caused some second thought. So, um, I, I mean, I guess I'll just be super candid about we bought this property before renovations for $600,000. Um, and we're next to a car lot that, uh, had just sold to a new owner and he wanted to buy this property, I think to take this building down and make it a parking lot. And, um, he made us an offer, uh, for a million dollars for the property. And then I told him, you know, that, that just didn't make sense for us. And then, um, we started work and there were, uh, you know, we were replacing the roof and he texted me and said, Jerry, what's happening at the building? And I said, we're getting a new roof. And he's, he said, $1.2 million and I'll pay you back <laughs> for all your expenses. Wow. <laughs> and, and I was like, Oh my God, like that's uh, something to think about. And he said, you can go build your dream property. That's not true. Like, you know, I could go buy a piece of land around here for $800,000. It has no plumbing, has no electrici electricity. Um, there's no infrastructure on that. And so it just didn't make sense, you know, looking at our business um, and, you know, what we can net in the coming years. Like, it just didn't make sense to me to, to give up the property. And um, we had gone so far. It was just kind of like the point of no return. But yes, I respect that. Um, I like it. I mean, and your building's if, so if unique. Someone, and yeah. If someone comes to anyone and says, hey, I'll give you $600,000, like, yeah, <laughs> you you start thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. uh, my print shop li uh, live asks, what is a poor business decision that you have made, client, order, or even hiring? Not, I, I, I did see this question and like, I'm, tried to put some thought into it, but it's like, I, there's nothing that I can really go back and think of like, that was a really bad decision. Um, we haven't had to really fire too many clients. We've, we've gotten tough with a couple of them. And, um, I think because of my background, we do, uh, we hire appropriately. Um, especially if we're hiring in production, we have a two part process where I'll spend about 20 minutes, um, 
getting a first impression interview with someone. And then if I kind of give them a pass, they'll meet with Allison uh, for about 45 minutes on a different day. They'll come back meet with Allison uh, because that position will report to Allison. Um, and so, you know, hiring, we're pretty good on that also. I mean, really it would just be, you know, some of those biz, um, the building renovations, uh, you know, I would take back some of those things and wish I did, did some of that differently. Uh, part three T's as retail space looks super clean. Any specific reason for having a retail side as opposed to just a showroom? Any tips, pointers you have for turning it into a legitimate additional revenue stream? Yeah, I mean, um, so Williamsburg is a tourist town and uh, it's colonial themed like everywhere. And so I, you know, see an opportunity for us to sell kind of something that goes against, you know, these tourist trap colonial shops, you know, that kind of are around our town. And so uh, I wanted to create a space to where we could start taking um, kind of local Williamsburg um you know, vibes and putting them into retail merch. And so uh, we really don't use the retail space, um, you know, to show uh, screen printing clients garments. It's really for people to come in and shop uh, and, and check out our space. And I wanted to make also a space that would felt communal to where, you know, people could come hang out or staff could hang out after work. And we did build out a, uh, a sample room where uh, that's in our conference room where we're, we do have samples. So we do have that space, but um, pointers around retail, I would say, is just to really set yourself apart, um, especially if you are in a place that um, is touristy, but it has like that local, we're a local business in a tourist town. So we, we really kind of want to grab the the local dollar. And so they don't have anywhere to put it as far as merchandise to kind of rep our town. And, and that's what I wanted to create. So I think that's that was a pretty good strategy on our end. Nice. Uh, Grencroy asks, I know you guys are, you guys are slammed with orders right now. Do you have a backup plan if Allison gets COVID and has to be out for a couple of weeks? Well, we are, yeah, we're slammed with orders um, and no, there's no backup plan. Um, you know, it's really, uh, you know, busting our ass, like really just to pump out as much as we can. And, um, you know, we're kind of blessed. I'm kind of blessed um, to have someone like Allison to where, you know, she could come to me and say, hey, dude, can you be here at 530 in the morning to pull shirts off the press? Because we need to hit this deadline. Um, and so the backup plan is to, uh, work outside our normal working hours. Um, and then, you know, we will extend, um, turnaround times if needed. We probably will, um, go get to that three week mark. Um, but we will do everything that we can, um, to, uh, make that two week deadline as, as much as we can. Um, you know, I mean, as long do as we're you not have... falling out. Do you have people cross trained to do, you know, her job, I guess is sort of the gist of the question. So like it happens to every shop. I mean, our production manager, Kyle, he had COVID, he was out. And so you have to have somebody that can do 
fulfill his role. Yeah, maybe they aren't as fast because they're just not used to doing it every day, but at least they can do something. And so I'm sure you have something in place where somebody can step up and, and fill her role. Not as not as good, but at least they can do it. You know what I mean? They can make a screen or they can print a shirt, in other words. Yeah, I mean, for us, it's really, it's that press operator role, you know, that I spoke about. It's um, it's really, it's been tough for us and, and we do need to figure out how we can train that position faster. But, um, you know, it's like we get into the weeds so much where that training, you know, isn't, isn't happening and we're just trying to get, you know, shirts on the belt. So, um, I'd say everywhere else we're solid. Um, you know, multiple people can check things in and, um, QC, uh, we got a, guy that does, um, you know, a screen tech, or, I mean, he does everything, dark room, um, reclaim everything around screens and developing. And it's just that press operator. It's really just about putting those, you know, shirts on the press and, um, troubleshooting where, um, we, we, that's where our kink is. And, and we do have a press operator. Um, but you know, we got our second press in April and, and we're running both of them. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, our, our production manager has been stuck on one of them. My advice to anybody that's sort of in your spot is that have that press assistant just start setting up jobs and start loading shirts and like on an easy order, let's say, you know, like let's say there's a 50 shirt, one color black ink. The press assistant should step into the press operator's position and just run it, you know, load a shirt and hit you can you can index it each time with a toggle you don't have to put it in auto but just index it and i know you're saying oh we don't have time because we got we got to get shirts on the belt but it you know you're not losing too much time so put put them in that spot yeah, force them to do my, it on those my printer yeah. and the assistant both are they're both printers they just they swap mm -hmm. back and forth um let's see graphic source asked uh jared what has been the biggest growing segment in your business uh, where are you producing new and innovative clients? Also, you rule, bud, Nick Wood. Oh, Nick Wood. Um, yeah, I mean, for us, it's really inbound. And um, we have uh, someone here that um, is a content creator. And I hired that position about a year and a half ago. Um, and all she does is, like I said, focus on social media and email campaigns. Um, and kind of, you know, showing our community who we are and what we do. And so um, there's nothing that we're really, you know, we're out there trying to grab. And we've been pretty fortunate, you know, it's just like you and I, you guys probably know you walk in in the morning, you open your email and there's just an order sitting there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've been really fortunate to be able to grow that way. And so I think focusing on, you know, our commitment to our clients as well as um, communication through automation uh, is huge for us. It definitely sets us apart. And so there's not really a, a sector we're focused on. Um, you know, I would like to start, you know, reaching out a, a little more regionally. Uh, like I said, we do a lot of uh, work with restaurants and breweries. And, um, you know, if we extended, you know, 50 miles and, um, you know, to the left or right of where we are, you know, there's Richmond and Virginia beach. There's a, a lot of those businesses in those areas. So I, you know, the next step would really be like, how do we target these areas? And we've done some brainstorming around that, 
Um, definitely going over and kind of dipping our toe in is something that we can do, but I'm, you know, kind of interested to see if there's something we might be able to do a little bit more with, you know, maybe, you know, toss around the idea of, um, you know, setting up a little, a little showroom or something that kind of expresses the brand that we are and has someone actually in that community. Um, because I think being in the community is what really grabs that business. So, um, I can't travel 50 miles to go to a brewery every, every evening. So, um, yeah, we've, we've tossed around some ideas like that as well. Yeah. I get a quick question on the a side of that, that content creator person, is that someone you mm-hmm. hired that just does that? Are they full-time Are they part-time or do they do other tasks and then she, hop into that? Uh, she works about 30 hours a week. Um, and so it's a lot of, um, you know, me having some crazy ideas around, um, videos and, you know, things I want to do to kind of show off. Uh, the shop um, or inspiration that I might have, but um, she also handles like kind of the retail portion of our business. So maintaining the retail space, uh, handling online orders. Um, she'll also jump in when we get walk-ins, you know, just as far as like a greeter and uh, first point of contact, especially if our account manager is tied up in a meeting or something like that. Um, so she has a few then, yeah, just you know, Yeah. Just stories and, uh, post and email campaigns. And we're starting to get into, um, uh, Facebook or meta ads and, and see how we do with that. So that's kind of the next thing we're tackling something that's, you know, falling under her responsibility. Nice. Uh, Jared, do you have any shop hacks or questions for us? Yeah, I do. Um, uh, <laughs> probably more for Andy than Dylan. Um, but have you put some well, to both of you, but I'll have you I'll put some serious cool. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I think I know your answer is going to be like, you're just going to die and the, <laughs> the shop's going to, um, close right. up. Yeah. But, uh, have you put any serious thought into your exit plan or strategy? Um, I think that, yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I'm just going to die and probably at, you know, standing <laughs> tagging shirts right now, honestly, this week is what it seems to be. So I'll probably be tagging shirts and then just drop dead. And then it goes to um, my inheritors, <laughs> my beneficiaries. I don't know, um, but uh, seriously, I have I have put some thought into it. I don't know an answer because part of me thinks that you know that'd be great. I could retire. Um, I guess I could sell this shop and then um, you know move to a climate I like or or the beach or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but other yeah, part of like, me uh... thinks. What are you going to say? Well, it's just like, uh, you know, a, a lot of business owners, you know, that I talk to outside of screen printing, especially older ones, you know, maybe they're um, getting ready to retire. Like, you know, they've always encouraged me to like, it's never too early to start thinking about that or planning that or talking about it, you know, or putting in, you know, some type of plan that has some set dates in there. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's, it's not something that I've put a lot of thought in because, you know, I've just been thinking, you know, grow, grow, grow. Um, but you know, it's, you guys have established shops, you know, and, um, so it's, it's just interesting, you know, to think about. I think that, you know, you're right. It's, you should start sooner than you think. And because nobody's going to buy a a screen printing shop for any amount of money or a good amount of money, if there aren't systems and processes in place, because, um, like you said earlier, 
uh, if it requires, if your business requires you to be there, Jared to be there, that's so much of the business. And so why would I want to buy your business if it requires you to be there? You know, and so I think that, yes, if you're, your business is much more marketable if you're not involved in it every day. And so that's a really hard thing to do though. And so I've been, I think, trying to do that for years, but I get closer and closer. But the other part of me is, is that I don't want to sell this right now. You know, I do not, should I, should a person ever sell a business that's making money? I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough decision to make because why would you want to do something like that? I mean, you, it's, you're, you're, you're going to sell something that's, that's, that's profitable. I don't know if you should ever do that, but uh, I don't know. I think that, I think that um, part of me would miss it too much to sell it. So that's I probably think that's my answer. My, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's my biggest question to this question mm. is what the fuck are you going to do? Like, what else are you going to do? You can go to the beach, but you'll do it for like a week. And you're like, cool, I've done that. That's a vacation. Mm. That's not I'm bored. a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, you. that's the thing that most people say, like, especially blue collar people. They're like, yeah, I retired. And then they die because that was their, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they'll legit, like, get a sickness or fucking, like, just die somehow because, like, they have nothing to live for now. Like, they just go home and they're bored out of their fucking skull and they go to bed early and they get up and they just bitch at the TV. Like what, what are you supposed to, this is my whole life. Like this is everything I've poured everything into. Yeah. I think like, there's something to that. I think there's something to making your brain work every day and making your, your body physically work every day that keeps you um, alive. And so that's probably something to that Dylan. You're right. But I would, I think I would miss it. I, I you know, there's, I, I miss it when I'm gone for a few weeks. I'm like, I'm ready to come back. So I would miss the the action. And then when I get back, then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, 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 I don't, I don't miss this at all. I need to, I'm ready for, ready for another vacation. All right. So do you have, uh, you have any other questions? Yeah, I got one more question. Um, I'm wondering if either of you have been approached to purchase another shop and did you ever give it any real thought? I have. I've had uh, multiple people. I, I actually had like three when COVID first started. Well, somewhat into COVID because like they were having a lot of trouble. I feel like it was people that had way too much money out and had to were like paycheck to paycheck as far as paying their bills. And they just couldn't hack it. And they asked me to pretty much buy their business. But I have no desire to do that. Like I... I'm still learning and still grasping my own business and I don't need to pull in someone else's mess. Um, but I know like a lot of people try to buy a business just to take the book and shut the rest down and sell the equipment. But I, I got too much of my own shit going on. Andy. Yeah, I get sometimes I get that, but I'm, I'm sort of like you. I did. Uh, I said yes to two embroidery companies because I was trying to, uh, the deal was too good to pass up and I, and it helped grow our embroidery. There was one that I purchased. I bought it on a credit card because at the time I didn't have any money. This was in our first couple of years in business and I didn't have the cash that they wanted. And so I put it on a credit card and they um, had an exclusive contract with um, some places that made a lot of sense. You know what I mean? So it, I was able to pay the ROI on that was really good. But I, but now if somebody came and especially screen printing, the answer would be hell no. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any shop hacks or 
have we touched uh, on I every just, single one of them? Yeah, no, I, um, I have a couple and the first is half day Fridays. And so we have been running half day Fridays ever since we opened our business. It's something that, um, my dad, uh, does at his shop and I kind of took from him. And I remember when we opened, um, he was like, Hey, you going to do half day Fridays? And I was like, no, you know, people might want to pick up, you know, later on Friday and, you know, we'll stay open. I think we stayed open till five on Friday for two weeks. And then it was like, we can't, I can't do it. Um, and so, um, the production team works seven thirty to five Monday through Thursday and then seven thirty to eleven thirty on Friday. Uh, and by noon on Friday, this whole, this place is shut down. Um, and so, uh, work-life balance is incredibly important. I think when I did, uh, our job post, we did a Facebook job posting for the press assistant that we're hiring for, like highlighted half day Fridays, weekends off. And so, um, if you can find a way to implement that in your business, it's worked really well for us and for morale. So how are they getting, how are they making up the time if they're trying to get 40 hours then? What are they working longer? How are they getting day? 40 hours? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's seven thirty to five Monday through Thursday. Um, and then that those couple hours, seven thirty to eleven thirty on, um, on Fridays, that's, I mean, they're, they're getting up to 40 hours right in there. So, okay. you know, our production team, um, you know, even with those half day Fridays, they might be staying a little later on, um, a couple of days throughout the week. So we've dabbled into, to overtime a little bit slightly during peak season. I mean, barely, you know, an hour or two, um, but still, you know, operating that way. Um, let's see, we're gonna do, we can do quick takes real quick. Cool. All right. Quick take number one. What's your favorite pre workday ritual? Snoozing. Um, yeah, I usually snooze for a little while and then, uh, kind of roll over and grab the phone and start getting into something, social media or emails. And that really gets the brain ticket. So that's, uh, hop in the shower, get in the truck and then come to work. So it's pretty much how I roll 45 minutes. It's what I need to get out the door and to work. I feel like I have a very similar routine, but except now I add walking in there. Um, what are you watching or listening to right now? Um, I really like the show alone on history channel. Me too. So Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's absurd that these people go into like wilderness by themselves with like 10 items and can live for like 75 days. Like and most of them just starve. No, I mean, it's really the, the winter just, uh, I mean, it's who can starve the longest really. Right. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So they're really talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Andy. What experience from your childhood has made the greatest impact on your on your career and like the success of your career is dad shop. I can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, I mean, I think just, um, that relationship with my dad running around the shop, you know, getting some of those traits that he has, um, around being a business owner, mildly artistic. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, seeing that both my parents were small business owners. Um, and so it was really nice to kind of get that spirit from them. Do you think, um, do you think anyone can be a business owner or do you think it's something in your, 
as you're growing up that makes you um, predisposed or make, gives you a, a better, bigger probability for success? I think it's like 50-50 for sure. I mean, I think there's characteristics that are just, you know, kind of ingrained in people, um, you know, genetically that make them, um, you know, whether you're a people person or you, you know, work around processes. I mean, I, I really do think that a lot of it has to do with just the composite of who the person is. Um, I think to be successful though, like it takes work uh, and work on yourself and, and, you know, being a better leader. Um, and so I think there is a little bit about someone who is a business owner or entrepreneur that, you know, is kind of a part of their genetic makeup. But I think in order to be successful, like it's something that, that they need to work on and develop. What are you into in your personal life? What What's outside of work? What's What are your hobbies? Right now, it is watching football. And <laughs> so it's NFL season, which I really get into. People ask me, who's my favorite team? Um, it's whoever I have money on during the game. And so uh, I, I like calculated risk, and, and it's that time of year. So, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm into football right now. <laughs> All right. All right. So this question is very important because I'm starving. What's for dinner? My wife uh, went out to Thai food uh, with her mom uh, this evening. So I will probably nibble at some leftovers. Um, I am a cold leftover food eater. Um, so I do not mind just opening the fridge and grabbing something, not heating it up, and just eating it. So it's cold leftovers one way or the other, I'm sure. What do you get from the Thai place? Well, I'll do pad Thai, but like I said, um, I'm, she'll bring something home. Whatever she got, there'll be half of it left over. And so I might get into that. Well, thanks, Jared, for coming on, man. We've been wanting to have you on for a while. Uh everyone uh, like if i if i would have read through all of those listener questions most of them were holy shit that's a super nice place um so you really got something going on and it's it shows and you got some really great employees and uh we, you know we love allison and you got a great yep. thing and thanks for reaching out to us i'm really excited to work on that thing with you that we got going on um mm -hmm. but yeah, we're glad we can get you on. I know we had some internet issues, but we'll figure it out, and Chad will fix it in editing. It's all our fault. We're gonna we're gonna fix that soon. <laughs> but it was great. Don't worry about it. Andy, Andy looks like a giant blur to me right now, so I mean, it's cool. <laughs> Dude, it was great hanging with you. Your building is absolutely gorgeous, and uh, we can't leave this episode without saying hello to Allison and waving, Dylan. We have to. There you go. She'll love that. That's super. She's awkward. waving back. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Thanks, dude. Have a good night. All right, talk to you guys. See you, man. Thanks.